Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by our special well. guest today. <laughs> we are joined once again. It's it's been a while, um, but we're joined by Bruce from HypeBot.com. Hey, Bruce. Hey. So thank you for uh, taking the time. It's always fun to just sit down and kind of chat and talk about what's going on in in the world of music, you know, and and. I think there's actually a couple things that we were we were just chatting briefly about before we hit the record button. Um, one of them that I'd love to just throw out to both of you guys and get your your thoughts on is it, there was a I saw the story on Rolling Stone, but I'm sure it's been everywhere. Um, the headline: Music's big three labels make 19 million a day from streaming. <laughs> Sony, Universal, and Warner took in half of their revenue from streaming services in a triumphant 2018. We'll put a link to the article in the show notes so you can read it all so we won't read it here. But basically the gist is the labels are making a lot of money off of streaming. They had a very good 2018 financially. Things were turning around in the music for them. You know, Now it goes on to say that cassette and cd sales are continuing to bottom out which i think everybody understands and it's just a matter of time before that's completely over talks about how vinyl is continuing to be you know strong out there um i sort of laugh at that it's like yeah what strong compared to what compared well, to strong growth maybe strong not the percentage yeah. of the business <laughs> it's not compared to what vinyl sales were Right. 30 years ago. It's compared to what they were a year ago, two years ago. Yes, they continue to improve. And, and, and listen, I've got a thousand vinyl albums, so I love vinyl, but this isn't about that. What do you guys think? It sounds like, can we, can we, can we put to rest all of the arguments we hear all the time that streaming doesn't make money? Well, but make money for who is the question? There you go. <laughs> it, it's, it, so, yes, the labels are making money. And conversely, some of the artists are making money. But, you know, I always all of these numbers are so dependent on the artist and the level of artists and the deal that they have that they're, you know, I don't want to say meaningless in the aggregate because they're not. Obviously, it means that the music industry, the recorded music industry is a lot healthier than it used to than it was two years ago, five years ago, certainly 10 years ago. But, um, you know, like when you talk about you're right, vinyl sales are a blip. But if you're an indie rock band and you sold 2000 copies of vinyl and you happen to sell a thousand of them either at shows or through um, you know, Bandcamp or something like that, then you just made 20 grand or 18 grand, and that's a significant amount of money. So, you know, I'm, 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 those kind of numbers, and yeah, I, I mean, I grabbed some of those numbers from the same place and wrote a story. I think the HypeBot story was 800,000 an hour because that's what they're making. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but I'm, you know, they're, they're fun, but I'm not sure exactly what they mean except for overall health. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that th there's so many misconceptions when it comes to streaming. And, and I hear artists and even managers complain sometimes about the economics of streaming. But I don't think a stream is worth a download, and a download isn't worth a CD, and a CD isn't worth a vinyl gatefold. And But having said all that, I think the biggest misconception that I hear almost every day is 
who gets paid from streaming and you just touched on it. The rights holder gets paid for streaming, not the artist. It's like when you had your record in tower records, tower didn't cut a check to the Beatles, right. you know, uh, did it to Capitol records. So, right. you know, it, there's so many things at play here and you're absolutely right. These are interesting numbers kind of in an aggregate to show the health of the industry. And that's, that's super cool that they're growing again. That's, that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, your individual deal with your record label, you know, whoever your rights your holder is, or whoever holds the rights to your music. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's and interesting, you know, cause I, in, in one of my lives, I work with a lot of classic artists is I'm curious to see what, you know, there are certain songs that have staying power or certain songwriters that have staying power. So, you know, well, would, if John Prine had, or, Van Morrison or somebody had come in, their career had begun at the beginning of the streaming age and sustained itself for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years. At the end of it, they might have made more money from streaming than that, you know, which paid them a fraction of a penny every time it was streamed than they would for the 50 or 250,000 records they sold. So, you know, we don't even know yet what what it all means uh, in the long term. You know, and I I think you're you're right. This this mainly is just a, a great indicator of of the improving health of the music industry which right. i think we all want um but for me my main one of my big takeaways was okay let's stop with the nobody and we hear these nobody's making money on streaming except spotify right. and apple well the reality is Maybe now we will all realize, guess what? Streaming is no different than it was with CDs and vinyl and cassette tapes 20, 30, 40 years ago. It was how does the money trickle down to the right. artist when it right. comes from... Because, again, you know, when Tower Records used to sell a CD for $18, how much of that $18 CD ended up in the artist's pocket? Right. Clearly, and, Tower was probably making more than the artist. Right. And in the long run, in theory, streaming should be better for the artist because there are no manufacturing costs. There are no distribution costs. There are no... No returns. There's no breakage. <laughs> well, there's breakage, but it's different now. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, yeah. But that stuff you, you used to scream because, you know, of that whole business, you know, it shipped a million and returned 900,000. I mean, yep. that doesn't yeah. happen. Era. You know, we used now to joke that it was ship gold, return platinum. That's exactly right. So <laughs> it's you know that's the stuff that you you don't see anymore, or we're not going to see anymore, and that's that's not a bad thing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's almost it's very close to the old iTunes model when you talk about streaming. That nearly seventy percent of the revenue brought in is paid out to you know the rights holders and. Um, it's not that Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Pandora, whatever, are you know just uh, raking in the money. They they have costs. They have employees. Yeah, actually, the number is closer to um, low fifties. Is about, it uh, the Spotify deals? And they just actually got better for Spotify fairly recently. And now they're redoing. But in between fifty one and fifty five percent of their total revenue, so in yeah. advertising plus nine ninety nine month subscriptions or whatever they're getting goes to all rights holders. Right. And I wonder if they include in that, you know, that most of these majors own a piece of Spotify. 
that's yeah, that's a separate issue. But, you know, I mean, in fairness to Spotify and, and you know, the, with, these companies aren't making money, at least not hand over fist. At this right. Point, you know? Right. So, so I, you know, it, again, it's just it's it's too early to really know, you know, is it fair is it not. But you're right, you know, both of you, when you say we've got to throw out the window that nobody's making money from from streaming or that only Spotify is that that's just wrong. We don't know where it's going yet. Right. But we know well, I, I think to some to some extent, you know, at least based on this article, we know where a big chunk is going right. to the record labels. Right. Right. And right. and what I would say kind of piggybacking off of um, our, our podcast of last week, you need to know what your record contract is. You need to know what your recording contract is because now if you're an artist who is signed in some form or another to one of these big three labels and they're making all this money and you're still not seeing any money, I'm not saying you're getting screwed. I'm just saying maybe now you need to stop pointing the finger at the right. streaming services and saying they're the ones not paying you when, guess right. what? There's a lot of money coming in every day to these record labels, and you need to know what your contract with that label right. is. Right. And that's right. going to tell you how much you get paid, when you get paid, that's right. how they take right. deductions, yeah. and all this other stuff. And it's still in its, in its infancy. I know there's a lot of talk about the way that the money is collected and paid out. For right. example, if I listen to the accidentals all month and don't listen to anything else. And I paid my 10 bucks. They don't get 10 bucks. Right. That's right? right. So right. they're, they're we're, this stuff has been around like a week and a half, you right. know, so we all just need to take a deep breath. It's we're evolving, you know, we're, we're changing, we're growing. Yep. Well done. So, uh, moving on to another topic, which I think all three of us have been actively following and we, this is actually probably the first time, Jay, we've sort of addressed this it on is. the show. Yeah, we've Pledge talked about music. it privately. Pledge mm -hmm. music. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you, unless you've been hiding under a rock and you're a musician, you know that Pledge music is, uh, you know. Well, they've you, stopped doing business. They, they're they've kind been, of halted. Yeah, they've, right. they've suspended all of the campaigns right now. Right. They're not paying, they not just now, but they've for a, quite a while, they have not been paying money out to artists based on, on their agreement with the artists of when you should get paid based on successful campaigns. Um, I think to be clear up front, Jay and I both have clients that are mm -hmm. currently deep in a mess with Pledge Music, trying to get monies back from them, wondering what's going on with Pledge, what do we do with our fans, what's our liability to all of this. There's huge unknowns out there. Right. Um, and and I would just add, you know, as a fan, even as a as a as a marketer, it's it's sad because I was right. a huge fan of Pledge Music. As a fan, I mean, I've got stuff on my wall here from artists that that it was just great. I loved yeah. the ability of what I could get from artists through Pledge, and that it I it was could a neat little it. community, right? It, it With millions a, of people. To yep. me, it was almost like the new Tower Records. Right. It was like you could go there, and you didn't have to have it. Uh, or something in mind that you wanted right. to buy, you could just kind of go and see what was yeah. coming out. They yeah. had this email each week, which was opens, you know, reportedly by like 750,000 people. And it was really exciting. And I did a couple of campaigns where some artists who never really got a lot of money from 
other than their advances, were making some really decent money. And what was sad for me is I thought, you know, Benji did a great job. You know, Dominic, when he was running it, did a really good job. I thought some great things were happening. And I was working with this guy, Brian Mead, who was awesome. And then all of a sudden, people started getting let go. And I kept like every month I would have a different project manager and the red flags were there and it started getting, you know, a little wonky with the communication and the payouts and all of that. And I think the scary part for me is having a couple of artists that haven't been paid. And I know Michael's in this situation too. The communication just stopped. And I mean, I was talking to the interim CEO I mean, they're like completely dark. And then what horrified me was last week, I get a call from the guys over at uh, Bandware, you know, which uh, they do hand-drawn and they, you know, uh, fulfill a lot of the items. They're a preferred provider for for Pledge Music. And I, I heard from them that they haven't been paid and that they're actually looking to maybe pick up some of the artists and start, you know, uh, creating projects and fulfilling for them and maybe, you know, picking up the slack. Right. But they're getting screwed. Our artists are getting screwed. And I know that Pledge, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, I know that they're out reaching out to other companies to buy them because they're a lot of these companies are calling me like, what do you think? Yeah. So I'm sure they're doing the same to you. My What I'm hearing, and this is not based on any facts, I, I'm just hearing that the yeah. debt load is so severe that it's going to be really hard for them to get picked up. Is that kind of what you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't say that I have any knowledge of the debt load. The, the, what I've been hearing is that the fear is that it's uh, the reputation is too far gone. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's sad. I mean, first, first of all, let me say that the everybody that I talk to, marketers and, and artists, et cetera, will tell you, will agree with you that this there was something very special there, not just on an emotional level, but that it actually worked, you yeah. know, that that put a campaign up and if you did your job right it it was going to be successful probably a little more than you thought it would be because there was some kind of magic sauce happening in there the community the technology etc so it's incredibly right. bad that it's gone and you're right they definitely are out desperately trying to find you know somebody to 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 save them but you know i you have to wonder at this point you know what what is the purpose of that put so many people or who's going to jump into that fray so many people right. are angry with them uh, so, you know, whatever the amount is, and I have no knowledge of that, but, but gotcha. uh, the fear heartbreaking in the few people that I've talked to or, or have come to me is, you know, their question is, can it be saved? You know, if somebody moved quickly and then went to an investment of some kind of a vehicle that the money would be held in escrow, you know, if there was a very clear and whoever does it next, because somebody will do it next. I, I hope somebody yeah. will do it. That's what they need to do to, you know, is to have a third party, you know, uh, Wells Fargo, Barclays Bank or somebody hold the money in escrow like your attorney does on a real estate deal. Sure. And and because that appears that's almost certainly what happened. I mean, I can't say that with 100 percent certainty, but literally with 98 percent certainty was we call it in the in the booking business called it eating the deposit account. Yeah. You know, like you get the money, <laughs> you spend the float. That's right. Right. Exactly. So, oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, We're laughing, it, but Jesus. Yeah. No, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It appears to have started back with a you know a new CEO and buying Stage It and and uh, 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 noise, noise trade. trade. 
Uh, right. And which are both great companies. They've now let go of Stager. They've sold Stager again. Uh, but both great companies, but not necessarily profitable. I don't know. And that the total, you know, so they tried to expand without having. Boy, we've seen that movie before, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Without having the cash flow. So it's very sad to watch. I, I, I don't have any confidence, to be honest with you, that anybody's going to get paid or they're going to get paid pennies on the dollar. Um, I don't I don't see it. You know, I don't see yeah. how, it's you know, and, and, and again, th this is just our speculation because right. it's, it's, it's a blackout. Nobody knows what's going yeah. on. Right. But I, I almost wonder if this is uh, is going to end in one extreme or the other. Either it's going to end with somebody, a savior, white knight coming in, buying it and cleaning up the mess. Mm -hmm. Or they're bankrupt and nobody gets anything. It's one or the other. I don't. Right. I, I just. I don't understand or see how there could be a, a slow trickling out of payments to make good on everybody because it seems like it's so, much, that they have to to contend with that they just can't do that. Right. And I and I think in some ways when I look at it, that's the saddest part is. Six months ago, eight months ago, we started to hear these stories. And to be honest with you, and I, I blame myself, I didn't write about some of them when I first started to hear them because I thought it'll just become a pile on. You know, if I yeah. write about it, somebody else will write about it and then bands will stop putting their campaigns up, et cetera. So, and, you know, I teach at Berkeley School of Music and, and we had this internal conversation among the instructors, like, you know, do we tell the kids, no, don't go to pledge music or do we tell them go to, I mean, what do you, you know, it's, so you're careful about yeah. what if, if six or eight months ago when they first started had have problems they had gone into the mode that they're in now and found some cash or sold on you know whatever they had to do somebody probably could have saved it but it's yeah. it's it, it as time goes on it's harder and harder to see yeah and i don't wish that on them at all you know i think no. that virtually everyone involved and certainly as you say benji and the original um founders they had nothing but good intentions nothing yeah. but good well and, you know and 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 as you mentioned at the beginning here the reputation may be so far gone which is sad because i was actually talking with my client yesterday and we were talking about how the brand of pledge had gotten to be like kleenex right it was just referred to oh i'm just gonna go pledge right i'm right. pledging i'm pledging um so you know, what's interesting, Michael, is they were actually thinking of changing their name. Um, I had talked to several people in leadership over there because they didn't want to be pigeonholed into just music. crowdfunding. Whenever I would go to an artist, they would say, oh, well, that's crowdfunding. And I'd say, no, it's it's really not. I mean, there are labels like Warner Music Group who were, would sell box sets and things through there because it, was, it wasn't cannibalizing. Well, it was kind of a know, separate we, who, audience. We had somebody from Pledge on a year ago, and they that's what they were talking about, how they wanted to move away from just being crowdfunding and more of an e-commerce store. It's a platform where you can set up a store and you can sell pre-orders and you can sell all of this stuff. You don't yeah. even have to raise funds and therefore the artist doesn't have to deal with the the downside of, oh my God, why am I giving some rich multimillionaire artist my money up front? They should be able right. to afford this without me. You know, they were moving in that direction. And again, yeah. I think the, the, the brand was strong and was very well known for what it was and and it's sad that if it it's so tarnished right now that even if 
a completely new operation came in behind the scenes, yeah, yeah. would there be no trust? I mean, is there this maybe too much damage done? Right? Is this, is this something? Yeah. You know, yeah. let, let me let me ask you guys: Is this something where you think somebody could pick up quote the intellectual property, the technology? Rebranded well, well, as something completely mind, new and start a brand new right. service. Well, keep in mind that there's a couple of different ways that people approach pledge music. For example, I had one artist who only wanted to do the very basic, you know, CD, um, lyric book, right. pennant, poster, whatever. That's it. No experiences, no nothing. That's it. And made decent money. Then I had another client who did, hey, go record shopping with me. Come in the studio and do hand claps on my track. And I mean, that was so amazing that you could actually, can you imagine if we were growing up and Queen or Elton John or Paul McCartney said, hey, come in and play tambourine on my track. I would have sold my car. I would have sold know? my car. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you get it. it. It was special. And to to Michael, to your to your question, I I think there is. I mean, there are other places out there. You know, there's the Kickstarters of the world and the Patreons of the world, and they all do what they do pretty well. And they're you know they're a little different. But Pledge kind of became, like you said, um, it, it became something bigger. It became this destination and this um, brand. And I think that's going to be what's hard. That's going to be what's hard to replicate. Yeah, I agree. And I, but I would say that Pledge became what it was because it built tools that were very pretty easy to use and very music specific. So then artists started to use it because you'd say, "Look, yes, it, you know, just just go there. It's simple. You can figure it out." Right. They'd use it. It would work, and they built pledge's brand i mean let's face it in the beginning you yeah. didn't go to pledge for pledge you went to pledge for kiss or you went to pledge right. for what band was right so i think somebody could do that again it would take them a while i think you're right that the you know the property the technical you know under underpinnings clearly have value um you know the it it, it depends on the strength of the brand that's buying it to some degree but but again i go back to that whole lockbox thing if you could prove to people that the money that the, to the artist and to the label, yeah. money that the fans are sending in is there and it's safe will be there. It will be there. We'll pay you out weekly. We'll pay you out monthly. I don't know, whatever, you know, but somehow that it's completely and utterly safe. Build the trust back. Yeah. Let's face it. I mean, we, yeah. you know, we all need a tool like this. And when I say we, I mean, marketers, artists, et cetera, we need this, you know, there's a void right now. And yes, you can go to Kickstarter and you can go to Indiegogo and you can do all these things, but nothing's quite like it. Forgetting even the community. I just mean the tools that were built specifically for music. So yeah. Somebody could come along and do it. And I think, I, you know, I mean, I, I still have this little sliver of hope some white knight will ride in. And I do, too. Pledge music and rename it or, or something. I don't know. But um, but either way, somebody I, I, I believe somebody will do it. Do, 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 so. do, do you guys think that this has caused damage to crowdfunding in general? That that <laughs> that that now all of a sudden bands even if it's Kickstarter, Indiegogo, the new guy on the block, the bands who got burned, the bands who knew bands that got burned, the fans that got burned, now all of a sudden are going to be very untrusting of any crowdfunding. I'm, I'm more worried about the fans. I mean, the hardcore fan that put down 20 bucks here and 50 bucks there, and all of a sudden they don't get anything that they were promised, they're the ones that are going to be harder to, you know, to bring back, in, in my opinion. And, and that's sad, but... But that's what I worry about. 
Yeah, I worry about that, and I worry about the artists because with the artists that I'm working with, um, the fans didn't get screwed. They got their stuff. Okay. Um, the artists are are getting screwed, and <clears throat> I think in the artist community, these guys typically don't make a ton of revenue anyway. And if, if you right. want ROI, the music business is probably not where you need to be. <laughs> They're doing it because they have a passion for it, like we do. Right. And I think that's the part that is really hard for me is getting on the phone and talking to these people who have lost what is to them a ton of money. In fact, to anybody, it's a ton of money, sure, but sure. Um, they did, they held up their end of the bargain. And I guess the question I have is, I'm no lawyer, but there's got to be grounds for some kind of a class action suit or something. There's, I don't know if yep. you can't get in any, yeah. when you're, you're suing a corporation and what are the assets of the corporation, you know, That's in New York, a, yep. it's been working out of a WeWork space, I think, and, you know, for, for a while, it's a, it's a, it's a British corporation. I've actually been following the filings and there've been almost none, Interesting. Of, in, you know, of, of their British corporation. And there's no sign there. There's no hidden, you know, thing that I've been able to find so far. But you know, if they if they declare bankruptcy, there's a certain amount of money in a bank account, and it would be divided, and and they'd sell their computers, and it would be divided up, and you might get a few pennies on a dollar. I, I don't have any exact idea of the math, but I wouldn't hold out um, for that being a big savings. What a disaster! Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's well. Let's let's talk about something a little bit. <clears throat> A little bit more, more fun, fun, positive. That. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit more uplifting. Um, as an avid reader of Hypebot, I see some of the. There's, there's two types of stories that I love on Hypebot. One is when you talk about kind of voice and smart speakers and those kinds of things. I, I just love watching that and reading that because it's slowly not even slowly it's it's coming and it's getting into people's homes and into their lives quickly and in a way that i couldn't have foreseen mm -hmm. you know so that and then the other part is you you do a lot of stories on here are 10 ways that you can talk to uh, a publisher or ways that you can sell more merch or ways to book your own show those things are are so fascinating and so useful but let, let's let's talk about the smart speaker thing first, because I, it, it's so exciting for me. Tell me a little bit about your take on all of this technology, you know, kind of moving into the music space. And, and, let, and let's be clear. When we said like streaming is a week and a half old, smart speakers are about a day old. <laughs> it's changed since we've been in this call. <laughs> yeah. And, and thank you for not saying, hey, whatever, so that you didn't hear dings all around. Exactly. <laughs> I know all of us, all of our offices of us, would yeah, be lighting up. By them. My, my, the, actually, the, my, the most exciting or most interesting thing that I, in that space I just read yesterday, and that was, did you guys happen to see Lucian Grange and when he was talking about song titles? Yes. So, right, so here's, right, here's the CEO of, of the biggest music group yep. in the world. And he says, just, you know, guys, when you're picking a song title, make sure it's words in your chorus. And his example was how, how, how um, was it Doggy in the Window? What was that song? Uh, yeah. how, how much is that Doggy in the Window? It's this yeah. old song from like the 30s yep. or something. And the whole song says, How much is that Doggy in the Window? over and over again. So you know, if you went, Hey, play whatever, that speaker, that that's going to be on. Well, you know, I, I, I remember we used to work with a band called Dishwalla, right? And sure. their big song was called Blue Cars. Now, Blue Cars was. Maybe it was somewhere in the song, but it wasn't in the chorus at all. And so you'd have to sing them the song, you know, the buyer, the song. Hey, it's that song. And I thought, 
this is the perfect example. You know, it's it's such as how technology changes in little ways, how we have to think about not the music that yeah. you necessarily, but the metadata. Presented. And so just very simply, you know, and, and it's I think it's probably always been smart, but it's more important now than ever that the title of your song be something that's going to be memorable, pop out of your yes. song, out of the song. So that when, easily found. And, right. Well, I, I was going to add to that. You now actually have to start thinking about, wow, how what what sort of voice recognition is it? Is it going to be able to understand that crazy foreign right. word that I put in the title? You know, and, you know how how you know. Thirty years ago, everybody started going. Okay, I got to think about my website URL right. when I'm starting yeah. a band and doing a song. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to start thinking. Well, gee, can smart speakers actually understand that that word based on how my fans are going to pronounce it? Because they can't even sure. figure out. And, what and it I'll is. give you an example. We we have this artist uh, up until recently. There's this fantastic guitarist named Julian Lodge. L-A-G-E, Julian Lodge. And if you said, play Julian Lodge, at that time, nothing would happen. Right. But if you said, play Julian Loggy, it could do it. So right. these are, you know, and, right. and I recently uh, had coffee uh, with David Dieterer. David used to be in that band, Presidents of the United States, you know, with Lump and Peaches. He, he heads up the Amazon, I'm not going to say the name of the device because it's sitting right here, right. and it'll, it'll go on. And, yep. you know, we just had coffee and just kind of talked about some of the challenges of, you know, that technology, and it's, it's delivering metadata. Maybe at some point we're going to deliver metadata phonetically. Sure you. <laughs> you know, it's things yeah. that we haven't thought of, and these are the things like that Lucian Grange thing really hit home for me because I have every one of the smart speakers that they make on a table in front of me, and when I work with a new artist, I, I see if I can find it. When there's right. a new track, I see if I can find it. And right. Bruce, you are spot on there. You know, you can't come up with, especially like a generic name for a band, good luck finding that. And these right. are things that we never thought of before, but to Michael's point, you know, now we do. Right. But, you know, it, it's really an extension of the same problem that we had with search engines. You know, yeah. Yep. You know, if your band's name was uh, Hole, H-O-L-E, you know, Good you were going a whole lot of nonsense before you got to, to court. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then you see more nonsense. I was but, just going to say, but you, caught, you beat me to it. <laughs> that was a bad example. Hopefully my wife is not watching. But, uh, yeah. the, uh, but. Uh, you know, I, it's it's just a, a whole new set of skills that we constantly have to be, you know, and hey, I'm not unhappy. It keeps hype out in business. You know, you have to keep yeah. reading to pay attention to it. And that's, you know, in a lot of ways, that's the kind of stuff that that I try and do is just to say there's so much going on in here. Here, I'll raise my hand and say this is probably something you have to pay attention to. Well, yeah. you, you know, and and I've got a five year old daughter, so I watch her immensely because she's into all this technology. I mean, she's totally absorbed into iPads and touch Not technology. At all. And 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 has finally in the last 6 to 8 months grasped the smart speaker we've got at home and right. now knows yeah. how to use to instruct it to turn lights on and off, ask it to play movies, ask it to play her favorite song. But what I'm where I'm getting at with this is you got to think in the mind of a 5-year-old all they're hearing, back to your point, Bruce, is probably that chorus. Right. That's what they. That's what a five-year-old remembers is the is the chorus that they're dancing to yeah. that they love. So when right. they walk in and ask the speaker to play it, 
that's what they're asking for. Oh, they, yeah. they don't even know. She doesn't even know. Like her, For whatever reason, she's fascinated with the song Monster Mash. Loves mm-hmm. it. She has no idea who sings it. Right. <laughs> she has no idea when it came out, the album. Any. She just walks in and says, play Monster Mash. That's fabulous. And, well, and let me thankfully, ask you this, it works. If she, if she heard Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, what would she say? Right. Mamma Mia? No. Yeah. 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 You know? Probably something like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. You're right. Those are those are the things that we need to think about. You know, it's, 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 it's easier for <laughs> us at our level to understand how this works and what you need to do. But at some point, you've got to step back and go, all right, how's, how's the next generation? How are they using it? Because it's new technology to us. She is born and raised. Yeah, and, but, and but, voice you recognition know, po- and smart speakers and all of that right. stuff. The positive, though, I mean, think about it, though, is, you know, remember the first time you Shazammed a song and you could then add it to your Spotify playlist? I mean, that yeah. felt scary, right? That was pretty cool. Listening to, you know, a, a, a station or, or whatever on, on Pandora on your smart speaker and you can say, hey, add that last song to my playlist and it does that's that's awesome so you know it 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 uh it it plays both ways if you will so i'm i'm you know like everything it's we're uh, i don't think we're in 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 relation to the smart speaker discussion um just recently spotify announced they're going to add voice recognition is it to their mobile app for use in cars um, that's one of the places they've been playing with it for quite a while. Actually, it's not terribly um, strong, if you will, so far. But yeah, that's cer- certainly one of the things you're going to do. But they they've done a really good job as well of integrating with everybody else's system too. I mean, and and I guess you know my thought is, do we need yet another voice recognition system when we've already got? Google's and Amazon's and Apple's and Microsoft. They've all, you know, they're, they're the big ones that are out there. And even there are all those major ones going to see, live to survive, or is it going to come down to one or two that really have just taken over the world? I mean, it, it, it seems pretty obvious right now, Alexa's, oops, sorry, there she goes, um, has, um, you know, taken the lead you know in that horse race it was like the gates opened and everybody else was still in the gates and and amazon was already halfway around the racetrack before right. everyone else opened their eyes yeah i mean i think it's it's about um allowing you to use the system that works for you so in other words i use uh alexa on my sonos to, con- to there it goes to control to listen <laughs> to spotify you know i mean yeah. so uh <clears throat> If Spotify was not, um, you know, system agnostic, if you will, if it, yeah. <laughs> that, then it <laughs> there would, you go, <laughs> yeah. you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I, I mean, it's one of the reasons I, for example, love dealing with independent companies like Spotify, because then they're not going to force me to, you know, uh, use Apple's voice recognition system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, and well, I see what, it kind of as like a, an operating system, whether it's, you know, if you're a PC guy or a Mac guy, it doesn't matter for, for the conversation. You know, eventually, maybe it will be the Amazon OS that when you get in your car, you know, it's agnostic. It'll just 
right. it'll turn on your wipers for you or do whatever you want to do. Would, yeah. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be potentially better in the long run, though, for the major players, the Apples, the Googles, the Amazons of the world, to just and, and Amazon's sort of already there, but the others just open up their system and let any app, any program, anybody use it because that's going to get you into, in my opinion, a mass adoption. Sure. I've, I've always felt like there was, there was a strong public service pitch that Apple could make of, yes, you know, hands-free driving is, is, is what it's all about. And, and we believe in it so strongly that we've opened up Siri to allow every single program out there to be controlled by voice. So when you're in the car and if you use Apple, you can go 100% hands-free. Well, that's I, not the I'll, case, though. History, history has told us that Google and Amazon might do that, and then Apple will never do that. But um, right, right, Apple always been into these closed ecosystems. But I, I mean, that's right. Thing, with the exception of the fact that using Apple as the example, I agree with you completely. There's a lot to be said for open systems, and and if you're you know really in the tech community, you believe in those things. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, cripes. Now you can get. You can get Amazon on refrigerators and microwaves yeah. and in your car now and and, yeah, and, and I just fun. I think that's I think that is the way to succeed and go because ultimately at the end you don't want to remember oh, oh my god whose voice am I whose voice system am I using on this right. device and what is the trigger yeah. keywords right. yeah. for that yeah. versus this. Uh-huh. I'm already there, pal. Yeah, it, yep. it's it's confusing. What what yeah. playlist can I play on this one but can't play on this one? Yeah. So can I I want to before we run out of time, I want to what think hear what you guys think about um podcasting and what it means for musicians there there's obviously uh, spotify's big move into podcasting and since spotify is still primarily a music platform etc what does that mean and then the other thing that just happened was the day before yesterday whatever was this new pandora uh, yep. stories feature i don't know if you read about that yep. but I, that, that just fascinates me the idea that artists can go in and add these voice clips explaining or commentary to their album or, exactly or, they might want to do and in fact they're uh, they're actually opening it up to beyond the artist so you could be a, a an approved creator and say i want to talk about my favorite songs you know and it doesn't yeah. have to be your music so does that i mean it, i like I'm, i've been starting to write a piece so maybe you can help me write it but but that i think that opens an opportunity for artists to communicate with their fans, to tell their story, those two things, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's really important. I do think it's great that Spotify and all these other major outlets are jumping into the podcasting world. I still think one of the big hurdles is just the concept of podcast as a term. I right. think that is technically challenging and scary to a lot of people. They don't mm -hmm understand after, after you've been involved you realize it, podcast is just an mp3 file that's it you know if you've been doing mp3 interviews you've been doing podcasts there's nothing inherently special about it <clears throat> right but you it know maybe too late to change that you well, know no, I, report I, I, calls them netcasts right and other people are trying to change the the term i wonder if it's like kleenex that it's just well, like I, like i read that um um one of the reasons that uh, Gimlet wanted to make the Spotify deal. Obviously, it was money, but it was also sure. that um, Spotify was their one of their biggest drivers of new um, listeners. 
it was catching up to iTunes, not in total listeners, but in terms of new adopters. Gotcha. Or on the Spotify platform, not thinking about whether it was a podcast or not, not having to go to their Apple podcast app and download something special and follow it, et cetera. It was just there. And in fact, if you like if you search a. Uh, uh, a major artist like Rolling Stone, if you page down Rolling the Rolling Stones, if you page down far enough, you'll find podcasts listed mm -hmm. near the bottom. That's I right. Mean, if I think if Spotify said to an artist, you can feature a podcast, you know, that would show up higher in your on your artist page or whatever, that might yeah. be your own podcast. And, you know, every artist isn't going to be a podcaster, but right. just, just like occasionally you did uh, in the studio YouTube videos. Sure. Like that. Why shouldn't this be another medium? For I, I, right. I, again, could, I think yeah. it, I think it's all great. And I think it's all going to s break down the barriers more and more and more. Mm -hmm. um, and the more, again, the more people like Spotify just ingrain podcasts into all of the other content so it's just right. there it's just another listen yeah i think that's that's exactly where we need to go because yeah you know i i always judge things like all right what's it going to take for my parents to listen to my podcast right. i get yeah, those right. i get the emails from my dad so where can i listen to your podcast and i'm like right. oh, you know there's a million places right but the problem is it you got to put it to where where he is. Yeah, you've got to right. put it to where they are, where their comfort level is. That it just shows up is what. Yeah, what it has to and happen. Bruce, I think you you just touched on it. Like you know how you go into Spotify and in Spotify for artists, you can control your artist pick, right? It's that right. that placement, that main yeah. placement. Yeah. Man, oh man, if you're if you've got your one device and you're listening to, let's just say for example, Spotify, and you're going to listen to because the the common misconception is everybody listens to playlists, but only about a third of the music listened to on Spotify is through playlists. Most people just go right to their favorite artists, you know, artist pages. So I go to my favorite artist page and then I see, Oh, I can click here. Just, I don't have to download anything. I just click play and I can listen to them do a track by track uh, interview about their new album or tell me about their, their tour or whatever, man, that's compelling. And we always say, don't create your own party, go to where the party is. Right. Right. That, that just seems like that makes a lot more sense to me. Right. No. And I, I that's, I mean, what you just described is what I hope is the vision of what's what's going to happen. And I and it's all right there. I mean, they've got all the pieces together of this puzzle. It's not like it would be a big thing for them to, to bring that forward. But of course, we also have, have to encourage artists to create the content. So. Right. Compelling yeah. content. And, and, you know, and, and I can just tell you from my my use, um, I've gotten both of our pop, my, my podcast, this one and the KISS podcast mm -hmm. up on Spotify because I used Spreaker to submit it. But I've watched, and Spotify has quickly grown to be one of the top listen destinations right. for right. my podcast. Um, iTunes, when it comes to the audio, is still the king, but not by much anymore. Well, and I would suspect that if it's music-related, that that would grow even faster in Spotify. I mean, let's face it, you're in, you're yeah. in Spotify because you love music, you know, yeah. and you can find... If I'm listening to reggae and a reggae podcast recommendation came up that would tell me the new reggae stuff and talk to me about, you know, festivals coming this summer, then, man, I'm going to click and listen. Wow. What, 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 you just, we, and we got to wrap up because Jay's got to jump. What if Spotify <laughs> created a system where you could actually embed stream, music streams into your podcast as it's played on Spotify? 
right? As a content creator, that way I don't have to worry about copyright and licensing. It's the actual stream that, you know, it opens up a whole yeah. different world for a podcaster well, to create content. That's in essence what Pandora is doing in the reverse. Right. If you so a, right. A go now and pick random songs and, and, and add stuff to it. But anyway, thanks. I appreciate That's that. super cool. Your take on it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Both. So, uh, you know, we could talk for hours. There's always so much. You got to come on. And, and uh, we we, we got to make this a little more, yeah, a little more frequent return. Always here. a great conversation. Bruce. Um, everybody hypebot.com. You've got to go over there stay up to date with what's going on and everything that's a day old in this business, man. It's a great resource. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good Thanks, week. Thanks, Bruce. You too. Um,